It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are tuning to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. I'm going to tell you why the opener might be here to stay in 2024. Another brutal outing for Carlos Hernandez happened today. And what can we review about Cole Reagan's 2023 season? That's all coming up next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And you can find all these podcasting episodes on wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Very easy to find there. Just be sure to hit that follow button, and subscribe. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. We'll talk a little bit more about them coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes or so because they are uh, the app I use to get all my tickets, whether that's a Royals game, whether that is a concert, a a comedy show. uh, Game Time is the app I use because it's the easiest to use. But again, that's coming up here in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, This show is always going to be, 
know, tailored to the diehard Royals fans. And if this is your first episode, you know, tuning in to Locked On Royals, we, of course, welcome you in. And I'm just like you. I am a, a diehard Royals fan. I have been my whole life. And now I've kind of turned that fandom into a career path. I now work here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And I got a morning show on ESPN Kansas City. I've got a night show once a week on Sports Radio 810 WHB. So if you ever want to get my thoughts on anything other than the Royals, you can always check me out on Sports Radio 810 WHB or ESPN Kansas City. Um, A little bit of a programming note. Uh, If you haven't been able to tell with my voice a little bit in the beginning part of the show, I am feeling a little bit under the weather. Uh, So here's what's going to happen. We're going to do our show tonight just as normal. But tomorrow for our typical Mailbag Friday, actually not going to have a show. I just kind of want to rest up a little bit. Uh, It it is unfortunate because the final series of the year, and I wanted to give you guys uh, the opportunity to send in your questions. So I'm still going to do that. You can uh, shoot me over your questions on Twitter, again, at JohnnyJ underscore 15, and I will do my best to answer them in a timely manner. But no episode tomorrow, uh, just not really feeling 100% right now, but wanted to at least give you guys an episode for today. So let's dive right into it and talk about this rotation. Uh, Today, Cole Reagans looked really good until he simply didn't anymore. Um, Made it into the seventh inning. Uh, he had eight strikeouts going into the seventh inning, only had walked two, but the command just kind of got away from him, and it eventually led to a bullpen implosion by Carlos Hernandez, who we're going to talk about uh, coming up in about 15 minutes or so. But I did want to touch on parts in this rotation that aren't really uh, tailored to Cole Reagans or to Brady Singer, or if Jordan Lyles is in this rotation in 2024, which I've already told you, I don't believe that he will be. I think the Royals are going to use some kind of an opener role in 2024. And here's my reasoning behind it. You know, I think I have not been as consistent in picking what I think the Royals are going to do in the offseason. I think if you've listened to me before, you would hear me say, well, this is a a front office, a a general manager in J.J. Bacola that wants to make a splash now. They had their evaluation year. Now they want to go spend money. But I have kind of gone back and forth as to what I think they're going to spend money on. You know, after today's games against Detroit, I tweeted this out, that I think the most important part of this team is the bullpen. Uh, Detroit had a bottom five offense in every single category, yet they're going to win near 80 games. And they're going to be a team that competed all season long. And I don't know how you could really trash Detroit for Uh, how they played this year. They had a terrible offense. And because of that bullpen, because of their true ace in Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, getting contributions from Matt Manning, from Tarek Skubal, from Reese Olsen that we saw uh, yesterday, you know, it's a rotation that did enough. But the bullpen was so lights out that it put Detroit in a lot of good situations to win baseball games. And here's why. I think the bullpen is going to be so important. If the Royals build a really good bullpen, Detroit-style bullpen, well, this team may compete for that many wins because we saw with Detroit, the offense was terrible. The offense was a bottom five offense in the league, yet they're going to hover around 500. The Royals had a better offense than Detroit this year by a couple of ranks as well. 
So if you spend a lot of money on bullpen or you go out there and, you know, add five to six guys by spending some money, well, maybe that doesn't leave you a ton of wiggle room to add three guys in the rotation. But I'm going to tell you why it maybe isn't the worst thing in the world. If the Royals go out and sign the race, which I still believe they are, they're going to go out there and get their number one. You can have Riggins in the rotation. You can have Singer in the rotation. And that four or five spot is kind of up for grabs. But I think you can take some of the pressure off maybe the five spot by using an opener there. And I think the Royals have a lot of guys in their bullpen right now that you can you know, maximize value in an opener role. Uh, for instance, Jonathan Boland looked pretty good last night. He gave up a solo shot to Miguel Cabrera. Hey, worst guys to give up your first major league home run to a future hall of famer, a guy with over 3000 hits. I'm not really batting an eye over that, but here's what I would say. And kind of same thing goes for Anthony Veneziano, for Angel Serpa, for Steven Cruz. Do you see any of those guys being either staples in the rotation or staples in the bullpen? It can be a, a matter of opinion. I personally look at those four guys and say, they're not really going to be a guy that gives you 150, 160 innings. And I don't think any one of those guys is going to be your lights out setup guy or your lights out closer. So what you can do to maximize that pitcher's value is make them a one or two inning opener. I don't think it's a shock whatsoever that when the Royals had opportunities to call up Veneziano and Bullen, they decided to stick with the opener. I mean, they use Steven Cruz as the opener. They use Serpa as the opener. They even use Zach Granke from time to time as an opener. But it kind of fits that model because Mac Quattrero comes from an organization where the opener was a very prominent role. I mean, I think the Royals could take a lot of stress and a lot of expectation off of Alec Marsh if he had a one or two inning opener. Because we've seen Alec Marsh now, you know, pretty much do the same thing time in, time out five innings, five and a third, five and two thirds. And hopefully you have a shutdown first two innings and you get it to the seventh or eighth inning handed over to a good bullpen. I would like to see the opener in Kansas City. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would like to say that there's a couple of guys I would trust in an opener role. Now, Jonathan Boland's 27 years old. Andy Veneziano's 26 years old. They're not old. But it's going to take them a while before they would be a legitimate starter in the rotation. Why not think about it for Chris Bubich? What about Daniel Lynch? I mean, some of these guys that you kind of know they're not going to be long-term pieces in the rotation, maybe they can find themselves in an opener role. Go air it out for you know, 10 to 25 pitches and see where it gets you. I mean, I think Serpa's a perfect opener guy. He's eventually going to wear down by the third or the fourth, but get two innings out of him. Get six outs out of him. Steven Cruz today didn't look very good. Command wasn't there in the first inning, but looked really sharp in the second inning. He's somebody to me I don't want to trust with a one or two run lead in the eighth, but I've also seen him pitch pretty well when it's very low leverage. Uh, the first inning is always super low leverage. And I would say that for a lot of teams out there, the hardest time to score, the hardest time to get the offense rolling is first, second, and third inning. Now, once you get through the order a couple of times, you see the pitcher a couple of times, it makes it easier. But I think this sets Alec Marsh up to be better. It might set Daniel Lynch up to be better if the Royals wanted to keep one of the guys in the rotation. I just think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Matt Quattrero, Paul Hoover coming over from Tampa Bay where they use the opener for a long time, you can maximize some value there. 
for guys that maybe don't have rotation stuff and don't really have back-end bullpen stuff. Long relievers, they come and go. Why not see if Jonathan Bowen can be an opener? Why not see if Veneziano can, Serpa can, Cruz can? It's something worth considering going into 2024. So I think the opener is here to stay in Kansas City. All right, the next thing we're going to dive into is Carlos Hernandez. Maybe he needs to be out of that conversation because in the second half, he has been, in numerous categories, the worst reliever in all of baseball. What happened and what's next for Carlos Hernandez? We'll tell you on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to today's title sponsor in game time. I told you before, I'm going to tell you again. This is the app that I use to get all of my tickets, whether I'm going to a Royals game, I'm going to a concert, I'm going to a comedy show. It is so simple to use. This can be if I'm going by myself, going with a friend, going with multiple friends, going with family. It's just easy to keep everybody involved, not stress about last minute deals. They've got it right there set up for you. It is just the best app to use when downloading, buying, or really anything with your tickets. Now, with Game Time, here's what you need to do download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off on your first purchase. Now, the terms apply. So, again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. That's L O C K E D O N M L B. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today, we saw Carlos Hernandez be the second half Carlos Hernandez that we've become accustomed to. Uh, he is a guy that has the stuff, had the stuff in the first half, but at the end of the day, it's stuff that was maybe not built to last. And we discussed on a podcast episode, maybe, oh, two months ago, I mean, it would have been the trade deadline. So roughly two months ago about Carlos Hernandez and should the Royals hang on to him? Should they move him? And I mean, I don't want to, you know, say what I said word for word. I mean, it wasn't anything bad. I just, you know, thought the Royals should really entertain a trade for Carlos Hernandez because bullpen pitchers have such a short shelf life in Major League Baseball. You know, guys look good for you know 20 innings, 25 innings, and then they could bottom out by 30 innings or 35 innings. It's really just a spot where uh, relievers can kind of become a mirage. They can fool you. And I don't think we were stupid to fall for what Carlos Hernandez was doing in the first half. His stuff was electric. Even the advanced data supported Carlos Hernandez. And to me, he was somebody that... I would have handed that closer role when Scott Barlow was struggling just to maximize that trade value a little bit more. But this is a problem the Royals have and still apparently have with despite with the, with the turnover with JJ Bacolo and you know adding a couple of different voices into the front office, you know adding different scouts in there. The problem they still have is they misjudge the value of a closer on a bad team. And Carlos Hernandez was a great setup guy in the first half for a bad baseball team. 
Scott Barlow, his entire career in Kansas City, was an excellent closer for a bad baseball team. And what value does a closer have if there's not many wins for that said team? And I can tell you, it's not much. I mean, what the Royals have done with James MacArthur is very good. And that shows you, you can close out games with guys that just maybe have the hot hand. Good teams can have their closer. The Orioles have Felix Bautista. The Mets last year had Edwin Diaz. You go back further, I mean, the Yankees had Mariana Rivera. 2015 for the Royals, they had Wade Davis. 2014, it was Greg Holland. If you win a lot of games, then you establish that closer. But if you're struggling, if you're a bad baseball team, you pretty much trade any reliever that has value. Now, you could say, what about a guy like James MacArthur? He hasn't built up that track record yet. Now, if James MacArthur is the best pitcher in the American League Central next year by the deadline, yes, you flip him because he'll be 27, same age as Carlos Hernandez, basically. You maximize the value. Because if you trust your scouts and you trust your player development, the next James MacArthur is not far behind. The next Carlos Hernandez is not far behind. And and what I wanted to get back to is the Royals have struggled with just hanging on to guys for too long. Now, Carlos Hernandez is likely going to be on this team in 2024. And you're hoping that maybe this second half was that, you know, he didn't really have a defined role. He was the fireman. He was a setup guy. He was the closer. You know, he looked unhittable early on this year. And that was an incredibly good thing for that Royals bullpen because nobody else could get outs. But there also were times that innings really got away from him. I mean, command hasn't really been an issue until the second half. When he'd get roughed up in the first half, he was still humming it in there. 98, 99, 100. He was leaving pitches out over the middle of the plate. It felt very similar to the downfall of Josh Stallman. Josh Stallman in the COVID year and early on in 2021, unhittable. I mean, the upper 90s fastball and the 12-6 to pair with that, absolutely unhittable. You couldn't touch it. And then when the command and the velo dipped a little bit, he became very hittable. And the Royals messed up with Stallman too. You could have traded Josh Stallman. I think another one could have been a Dylan Coleman after last year. Dylan Coleman had the lowest DRA in the Royals bullpen. It was sub three. It walked a lot of guys, but you could say, not getting much better after this. Let's move on from there. Now, you could be the devil's advocate here and say, well, if you trade every single bullpen guy, you're not going to have any bullpen guys left. And I understand that. I think the Royals saw that too. You know, the Royals wanted to evaluate. They also didn't want to put their manager in a spot where he could only manage a team that could win 40 to 45 games. I think they still wanted to build a bullpen that they could look forward to really loading up in 2024. But John Sherman and J.J. Vicoli even said, you know, bullpens in area, they're going to spend a lot of money. I guess Hernandez is back now. But today, I mean, it's like, I, I can't even be shocked by the outing today by Hernandez because we've seen it so many times now. The ERA is well over 5-4. I mean, back in May, it was barely over 3. He's striking out guys left and right. Highest K percentage of his career, lowest walk rate. His whip was incredibly low. It's like, who is this guy? That's the biggest success story for Brian Sweeney. And now it's, well, 
not so much of a success story anymore. And it's because baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. It's also why, too, from a positive element here, Bobby Witt Jr. needed a really good second half for us to all think he's a superstar. You think we were saying this in the first half? No. You know, you need a full season. Because in baseball, you can't just wow people all the time with 30 innings or 35 innings. It's over the course of a year. And Carlos Hernandez, I think, is just burned out at this point. Now, maybe there's a role from next year. We spent the first part of our show talking about the opener. He may be a very good opener. He was used in that role this year. I mean, the Royals have used it going back to like late April, early May. It's been in their rotation for a long time. It's just been a lot of different guys. To me, though, Carlos Hernandez can fit that role. If he's not a high leverage guy, put him in there in the first and second inning, have good command. Let's move forward from there. Because right now, he's lost. And the Royals look a little bit foolish to hanging on to him after the deadline. Because I'm assuming if they could get trade offers for Ryan Yarbrough and Scott Barlow, there were absolutely good trade offers for Carlos Hernandez. The last thing we're going to talk about is Cole Reagans. His season is done. We liked a lot of stuff, but I will say something that we're going to have to keep our eye on in 2023 that I saw today in that start against the Tigers. That's coming up on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned in to Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's other title sponsors in FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. Now, a little bit of a programming note. We said this at the beginning part of the show, and you know, I hope you've liked the podcast so far, but I'm sure as you can tell at this point, not really myself right now. I feel a little bit under the weather, but not to worry. I'm just not going to have a show tomorrow. So... Mailbag Friday, we're not going to do a podcast episode for that, but still send me all of your questions. Just shoot them to me on Twitter, and I will do my best to answer them in a timely manner. I, I certainly apologize for it. If I was feeling up to it, I would try to do a podcast episode. It just took me a little bit to even tonight uh, do this podcast episode. Just feeling a little bit under the weather. I want to rest up tomorrow so that starting on Monday after the weekend, we can recap that Yankee series and look ahead to this offseason. Because this podcast episode will be the last one for in-season Royals baseball. So we'll have a long, long layoff with no baseball. We'll still bring you three episodes a week and hopefully bring you content that you will absolutely enjoy. But that's just a little bit of a programming note there. Again, I sincerely apologize. Uh, I know this hasn't been uh, my typical type of episode where I can use a much more of a booming voice and much more hand motions and stuff like that, but I just not feel my best, but hopefully you still like the episode to this point. Uh, what we're going to close on today is talking about Cole Reagans and his outing today in Detroit and just kind of a season in review, if you will. 
Uh, today, it did frustrate me a lot that we were so close to having seven shutout innings to write down in the notebook, close the book, and move on to the offseason for Cole Reagans. So close. I mean, his pitch count was low. You know, he gets through six and a third, eight strikeouts, only two walks. And McRatrero even said after the game, Cole Reagan said he didn't feel his best mechanically. Felt like he was, you know, fighting some stuff. And when things got bad, the command slipped from him. And that's what I wanted to hammer in here. That's the point I want to go for. And it's something I believe we're going to have to watch for early on next season in the dog days and going all the way into the last part of the schedule. Because Cole Reagans has the best stuff in the Royals organization. Nobody can deny that. He has ridiculous stuff. And that's going to get him through a lot of outings. That's the good thing here. He can get through the majority of outings with just his pure stuff. What is going to separate him from being the Royals' best pitcher to maybe the American League or all of baseball's best pitcher is what he can do when the outing starts to slip away from him. And we've seen this a few times. We saw it in the Toronto series. We saw it against St. Louis. We saw it against uh, Houston at home. And we saw it today. That when that outing starts to slip away from him, he really starts to fight the command. And today, I almost wonder if it's just fatigue. I mean, this is a totally different role that he's never been in at the big league level. He's now made 13 starts. He's throwing harder than he ever has in his career, striking out a lot of guys. And today, it was not the best weather, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. It just was one of those outings where all he needed was two more outs. He couldn't get out of the inning, and then Carlos Hernandez absolutely imploded and it wasn't a bad start in the end of it six and a third four runs eight k's like you take that every single time but it could have been seven shutout innings and you feel much better about going into the offseason and i still feel fantastic about cole reagan's i mean he overachieved to the max extent nobody can deny that but this will be one of the things that we have to watch i think every great pitcher has their issues it's funny because cole reagan's never showed any a human error, really. He never struggled in those 12 starts. It didn't feel like it. I mean, he had one start this year, one start where he allowed five runs. Every other start was four earned runs or less. That's ridiculous to think about. Five earned runs, and those five earned runs, I think it was two of them. Yeah, two of them came on a two-run home run when Colin Snyder came into the game. So when he was on the bump, he never allowed more than four earned runs in a start. You know, I think it was three earned runs or less for 11 or 12 of those outings. His worst start was, I think, against St. Louis. You know, five innings, four runs, three of them were earned, and he just didn't have his best stuff. But going into next year, now there's a book on him. Now there's expectation, and I think a lot of teams, discipline teams, they will go, when he starts to waver, he's going to struggle to find the zone a bit. And this was something that I think we all knew about Cole Reagans. If you knew him well enough, if you knew the film, knew the, the, the scouting on him, command was a little bit of an issue. Now, 
any guy that throws hard is going to have a little bit of a command issue. There's few guys in baseball that throw 97, 98, 99, and don't get a bit sporadic from time to time or get you know a little bit wild. It just happens when you throw that hard because your stuff moves so much. And sometimes it's not just discipline of a team. Sometimes it's just they didn't pick up on the ball and they're lucky the ball missed the zone. I mean, that's what I saw in the seventh inning from Cole Reagans. He was much more trying to get Detroit to swing and miss at the off-speed offerings instead of saying, here's 97-98, hit it. And that, to me, is going to be the growth aspect of it. Now, Houston at Minute Maid Park or Boston at Fenway or the Cubbies at Wrigley, you know, that's where you can't just lay a fastball down the middle because it's a very small ballpark. You know, a pop-up can fly out of the park. And then you have maybe two or three runs charged to you. Detroit in a pitcher's ballpark and a bad offense, that's one where I feel like you just got to go, hey, I've missed with four or five in a row. Here's my fastball. Try and hit it. I got to let the defense play. It's a good defense. And I think when we've seen some of those outings get away from him, and by getting away from him, it's taking a shutout into the seventh inning and then maybe leaving with three or four runs charged to his name. Now, other than that, it was a flawless campaign for him. And he started about, oh, half the games that he probably will next year. I think we all have to be prepared for that, that Cole Reagans may start to wear down or burn out by 150, 160 innings. That's why I don't think he's going to go in as the number one of this staff. He hasn't been built up to do that just yet. Now, 2025, different story. But A++ season for Cole Reagans. Can't have too much to complain about, even with the way things ended for him this season. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And check out all of our podcasting episodes on wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. But until next Monday, you enjoy the final series of the year, and I'll talk to you then, Kansas City. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.